0: The heart of darkness must always be balanced by the gallbladder of light. This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy... Asks another
1: guy... 20, 20 questions. questions! I'm David Grinnell Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. What up, David? Two things are up. Thing Two number one, things? Yeah. That's too many things. Oh, okay. One thing are up.
0: Well... Mm, okay, I'll Doesn't agree.
1: It. Okay, so the first thing is that I recently listened to a sweet episode of 99% Invisible. A sweet episode. A sweepisode. Uh called Lawn Order. Oh, I haven't listened to that one yet. And it is all about the social conventions of the American front lawn, the Greensward, and where okay. it comes from and what it represents. Wait, and, do they mm, use the term Greensward? They do not. Because that is totes a
0: D&D character last name.
1: <laughs> Hello, my name is Horatio Greensward. Sell sword for hire. Half elf. Libra.
0: I think he's an NPC, and I think he bites it in like the first 30 minutes of the game.
1: Never fear, friends. I have walked this path many times, and there are no traps so Oh, dear. Oh, shit, goblins. What? <laughs> How did I how did my torso
0: turn into arrows? Oh, no. So they didn't use the phrase green sword, no. but I assumed they used some equally descriptive turn of phrase.
1: They used a lot of like Law and Order music in the first 5 minutes of the uh, of the show.
0: Wait, is does Law and Order have the bonkers that CSI?
1: That's that's Law and Order. Okay. The chun chun that thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they
0: use that. Tell me about the thing. Give me a summary. Wet my appetite.
1: So the, the, the idea behind lawns is that they were inspired by, it was a trend in gardening that was inspired by Renaissance Italian paintings of pastoral scenes, hmm. of pastures that had been grazed down by sheep. Right? Sure. That makes sense. So the grasses are all soft and fluffy. Right.
0: And And there's people, like, languorously lounging around, playing lutes, and casting sexy eyes at each other in very puffy
1: sleeves. Right. But in intentionally designed spaces, this kind of landscape design did not exist. Right? Mm -hmm. You had gardens, like actual gardens full of flowers. And the English started making these gardens like an English walled garden, which was like flowers on the outside and then just grass in the middle of the courtyard. Yeah. Uh, and this symbolized, uh, you know, number one, that it was really nice and soft and good to walk around barefoot in. Uh, and number two, that you were so rich that you did not need to put your land to active agricultural use. Oh... Okay. Like, think about what it says for England, you know, to to have these, like, big, to have, like, lawn games. Think sure. Think about what that says. If you're a bear sure, and like you're like,
0: a are like, let's
1: play croquet or let's go bowling or let's play golf, even. Yeah. God, golf is the, the biggest one. Let me just use this huge expanse of manicured land that is fallow.
0: Right. On a, on a not- to giant island. Right. You know, where space actually has more value than like in America where it's just like, well there's buffalo here. That's my impression of the Great Plains. That's good. So that's interesting. Lawns as conspicuous consumption. And yeah. I mean, I guess there's a, like a whole they probably talked about this, right? There's like a whole water thing now. Right. Like having a lush grit, like all the celebrities who are getting all this flack in Beverly Hills or wherever. Where do celebrities live now? Malibu. The moon. The fucking moon. Moon
1: celebrities. Coming soon. Ooh, to IFC. <laughs> oh, that was another idea I had. Did we talk about this? About, uh... about moon celebrities? No, not moon celebrities. Coming soon to IFC? Shower show tunes. Shower show tunes. Shower Showtunes, it's a web series sponsored by IFC, five-minute episodes. All it takes is one semi-transparent um, shower curtain and a celebrity each week, and they get naked and they get in the shower and they sing a show tune. Okay. I, John I have to, Hamm singing Edelweiss, David. I have to ask this, David.
0: In this scenario in which you're imagining, in this fantasy show that you're pitching, yeah. are you on the other side of the shower curtain? And are you... Are you spanking it?
1: No, obviously not. That's for the viewer at home.
0: Is this a weird sex thing? No. Is this a weird sex fantasy, David? No, we don't.
1: We don't actually see the celebrity naked. We see their sexy, sexy silhouette. All right. You know, so like Lily Tomlin belting stuff from Gypsy. I don't know. I feel like you would need okay. Like, how
0: do you make this visually interesting? <laughs> Parker Posey singing, I loves you, Porgy. Th- this is my problem. Like, I think this might be a radio idea. I think you might just say they're in the shower and throw some reverb on there.
1: No, because like, then you sort the of you see, you see but, like them through the shower curtain, but only vaguely.
0: Yeah, again, that just sounds like a weird sex thing to me.
1: That's how we sell it.
0: You need to see their Tom face. Tom Selleck.
1: Singing Pretty Women from Sweeney Todd.
0: Oh, well, now that you say Tom Selleck, I'm completely sold on the idea.
1: I just think people would be. aroused? Delighted at the prospect to hearing John Ham and seeing John's Ham. Well, I mean, we knew that already. Sure. That's a given. So, okay, so that wasn't my second thing. My second thing was that I learned how to beatbox in 5 4 time. What? Yeah. Okay. Yes? Uh, So, I don't know. So I was humming. Well, I was. uh, Where? I was was walking home from the gym one morning, and I started thinking about uh, Take Five by Dave Brubeck, the jazz tune that's in a 5 4 time signature. Right. And then I was thinking about that um, Dave Brubeck Radiohead mashup.
0: Yes, which, which is I what uh,
1: Five Step, I think. What is it called? Yeah,
0: it's a uh, Five Step. It's the opening track off of uh, In Rainbows, mm-hmm. which is also in five four time. So
1: somebody mashed them up, and uh, it is a
0: good mashup,
1: peeps. It is a good mashup. And then I started thinking about like, well, how does that how does that beat go? That hey. hey. I was
0: I was kind of into that. Thank you. That was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, you did it. I don't think I could even like clap in five four time, right? Because Wait. I feel like there's an impulse to um. To syncopate the beats.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're you're better at music than I am. Thank Surprise. You. <laughs> what a twist. What a twist. Okay, I'm impressed. Thank what, you. Now, um, your next task. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the what's the other crazy time signature I'm thinking of that Dave Brubeck used sometimes? 7/9? Oh, maybe. I th- I think you wrote a couple of things in 7/9. You want me to learn how to beatbox in Borg? Yeah. Get it.
1: Se- 7 of 9. Yeah, Voyager. I get it now. Uh, oh, you're welcome. But I don't like it. Yep. Yeah. That that's what I want. If I had a business of my own, if my tagline would be I get it. But I don't like it, David Fruhlbrunner.
0: Yeah, we're gonna put that on your gravestone, <laughs> <laughs> next to uh, next to green Sure. It'll bury you under the tree in the spider-infested woods. <laughs> Goblin I get grove. It. I get it, but I don't like it. You know, like it's gonna be beautifully engraved in a, sort of a fancy script. Sure. With uh, quotes around it. And then your name is going to be, like, scrawled off to the side, because that's not even important. <laughs> it was 7-8. Seven, 7-8? Eight. Seven, eight? Okay. So so Dave Brubeck wrote at least one thing in 7-8 time, which uh, is called Unsquare Dance.
1: Oh! Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's on Square Dance. I didn't realize that was no nice. Seven eight. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it is. See, David, here's why our relationship works. <laughs> you you do something like uh, like your Borg joke, and I want to, you know leave forever and ideally kick you down a well as I'm walking away. <laughs> but then then you beatbox in 5-4 and 7-8 time and sure. I, just, I just have to come crawling back because I'm so charmed. So, what is up in your life? Dude. Dude. Have we discussed previously the container store? Not on the podcast, I don't think. It's a magical place. It is a magical place. Like you go in... And you're just overwhelmed and you're like, I need all of this in my living space right now. Yes. I have to regularly resist its siren call because fuck all if I don't like being organized more than anything. I thought I was a clean freak. But I am really an organizational freak. Sure. Like, I like things to be clean. But... What really speaks to my soul? What gets me deep down in the cockles, or maybe even the subcockles, or hell, maybe even the liver, is organization. I want things to be in their proper place. I guess I'm saying I'm a fascist. But, that, that checks out. But ignore that. Ignore okay. the undertones. Ignore sure. the implications for the time being. Ignore the implications. That's the Reinstrom way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get it, but I don't like it is on your tombstone. <laughs> Ignore the implications is the title of your memoir. Uh, so whenever I see like online, you know, there there's blogs and stuff where they'll have like, oh man, here's an organizational hack for your mm-hmm. life. So I came mm-hmm. across one of these posts like this. And I would never subscribe to any of these blogs or read them regularly because it would just like I would want to do all of it, and it would take up all of my time. So I came across one that had all of these. It was specifically ways to organize your... Clever ways to organize your small kitchen, or something to that effect. And while I do not have a teeny tiny kitchen, I certainly have a small kitchen. Uh, You know, New York apartment. New York apartment? New York apartment kitchen, sure. I came across this article, and it had all these clever-ass things. It's like... Undershelf baskets and like things that you think should be horizontal but no they turn them vertical to save space bah. and little like racks for things mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my goodness i need to go to the container store so bad because i had passed the container store recently and they had a sale nice so and what did you
1: what did you get did you take any pictures of this can we put pictures of what you how you organized your kitchen up on the on the blog yeah,
0: it's, I, I don't know if it's that exciting to
1: actually look at. It yeah, just, yeah, I, I don't care. I think we should still like post it in a way that's like, yeah, check out, like, get hyped for Dave's kitchen organization, Teardown. Okay,
0: we can definitely do that. Okay. I went to the container store, and I tried not to spend all of my money, and here's what I got, and I am so proud of myself. Item one, a vertical cutting board rack it's like wood things with pegs, Mm -hmm. and you just slot your cutting boards in there vertically, and it's like having a cutting board library. That's awesome. Yeah. Then I got a pot and pan stacked organizer. So this one stacks horizontally. So I had all my pans like just sort of nested in each other, Mm -hmm. right? And that's bad because you move the pans around and the interior surface gets all, gets all like, scratched up. And you don't want that shit. Nah. And also, if you want something that's on the bottom, you got to take all the ones on top of it out first. So that's no good. Pan rack. It's, you, it's, like, metal, and there's, like, wire shelves, and you put your pans on them, and they're all separated, and you just pull them out and put them back in. Pan rack.
1: I really thought panrack was a new Ross and Carry. Yeah, it's like please, uh, ah, no, Ross and Carry. Please, I know, Ross and Carry. Not, oh no, Ross and Carry. Just please, ah, no. In regular
0: Oh No, Ross and Carry, they investigate uh, paranormal, supernatural, sure. pseudoscience, spirituality by going out and and actually doing these things. Uh, in Please, Ah No, Ross and Carry, somebody writes in, they're like, hey, could you like punch my friend's grandmother in the head?
1: I was gonna and say they're like, please.
0: well, we'll I guess we'll try it just to see what it's like. Wait, you know what it is? You know what I'm imagining? It's review with with uh, Forrest McNeil.
1: Oh, well, here's what I was gonna say. Please, ah, no, Ross and Carrie is Carrie just staging every single one of her creepiness ratings.
0: Oh dear God. <laughs> Yep, that's what it is.
1: Like where you're making out with your wife, and then you look away, and you turn back, and it's your grandmother.
0: <laughs> yeah, and her her head spins all the way around yep. 360 degrees. Yep. Oh, God. Listeners, if you're not listening to uh, oh no, Ross and Carrie, do that. It's nothing like what we've
1: just described.
0: It's nothing like what we've just described, and... Uh, for your benefit, you should know that at the end of every episode, when they discuss a thing, they rate it on a bunch of different scales, including a creepiness rating. And they always peg the 0 and 10 of their ratings to specific scenarios. And uh, Carrie's 10s on the creepiness scale are 10s. They are 10s, ladies and gentlemen.
1: She is a creative woman.
0: Yes. I also got a uh, lunch bag. It's... <laughs> It, it looks like a brown paper bag, but it's Tyvek and it's insulated. Mmm, cool. So yeah, it's like a brown paper lunch bag that you can reuse in perpetuity, and it actually keeps your food hot or cold.
1: That's really weird that it just looks like a, like a bag.
0: Yeah, it's great. That's so silly. Yup, I love it. So that's everything I bought at the container store and now my kitchen is so organized that I am going to vomit. David. Yes, David. Are you ready to move on to the game? Oh my goodness. I do believe that I am. Okay, let's do this. The first thing I want you to do for me, yeah, is give me some numbers for the rules.
1: 1935782567812345678. One,
0: nope problem okay okay we're gonna try this again (laughs) count off numbers for the rules okay rule number one i will think of a thing rule number two david will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing rule number three if david exceeds 20 questions the game and reality as we know it is over no more than 20 questions are permitted Rule number four. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game, and we all get to live for another week. And rule number five. In the final round of this week's game, you will be permitted to punch the mammoth as hard as you can. Ooh, spicy. Are you ready? I am. You may ask your first question. Ah! You may drop shit all over the place. <laughs> What are Uh, you doing over there? I I was getting out some pen and paper to make
1: notes. You can't
0: get out a pen and paper.
1: Of course I can.
0: That's entirely contrary to the rules of the game.
1: There were five rules. None of them said anything to do with me scribbling notes on a post-it. All right.
0: Well, we're going to have to amend the rules. Uh This This seems like cheating to me. Does it? Yeah, you have to use only your brain power.
1: I am, I'm just writing down, like, what we establish as we go through it, so I don't have to keep asking you. So what do we have? Yeah, you have
0: to remember it. Oh, fine. Alright, hit me with your first question, do it. Is it alive? Yes, it's alive. Uh, is it, uh, a mammal? Well, wait. Hmm. Sorry. Uh, This is difficult. Is it alive now? No. Was it alive before? Yes. There we go. Okay. You you see what I'm
1: getting at here. Does this scenario take place in the past? Yes. The distant past.
0: Hmm. Uh, define distant.
1: Uh, a thousand years or more.
0: Uh. No. Not
1: the distant past. Does this take place in an English-speaking country? No. Does this take place? Does this regard human beings? Yes Okay The now dead Living but once living thing in question In the past Is a human being? Yes A specific human being? Yes A historical figure? Yes Is this historical figure a man? No This historical figure is a woman? Yes Uh, This historical figure uh, Does not speak English Uh, Is this historical figure uh, A European? Yes This historical figure is a European Okay Okay is this historical figure uh, French? Yes. Is she an aristocrat? No, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, so a, a notable French woman. Yes. From the past, who is dead? This is tales of French history. Is she also Polish?
0: Those were horns. Oh. Just so you're, just so we're clear on that.
1: Sure. Is she also Polish? No, she's not. So, uh, is this woman from the twentieth century? Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, is she from the eighteenth century? Nope. Is she from the fourteenth century?
0: I don't actually even know. I gotta look this up.
1: No, you don't. Is it the Maid of Orleans? Is it Joan of Arc? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> she she is fourteenth century.
0: I thought I, I, so. I thought she might have been fifteenth. Hold on. Now I am looking.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. 15th century, you're right. But uh, by a hair. 1412 14, 14, 12. to 1431. All right, so it's St. Joan. Yep. All right, you are thinking it's of St. Joan. It's Jean d'Arc. Jean d'Arc. Uh, is she astride
0: a white charger? Uh, is she astride a white charger? Mm, I'm going to
1: say, for purposes of hilarity, no. Is she about to be burned at the stake? Nope. Is Joan of Arc having a hilariously unfortunate and ironic barbecue <laughs> yikes and no she's like careful martin de Cress, you're going to burn that sausage
0: uh that would be super awkward for everyone involved no is she engaged in any
1: kind of military campaign absolutely absolutely is it not against the english it is not against the english is it against
0: aliens? Well, it's not against the English specifically. Uh, it's not against aliens,
1: no. But it is against, is it against non-human opponents? Uh, no, it's definitely uh, against humans. Okay. European humans? Sure. But not, like, the Southern English?
0: Let's say not exclusively against the Southern English. Is it an unexpected
1: party to the conflict? I would say so. Okay. Uh, Like from a completely different part of Europe? From a very different part of Europe. From the other end of Europe? From, no, not from a different part of Europe at all. Not from a different part of Europe, then? No, not from a different part of Europe. But from a different time of Europe? Um, arguably, but that's confusing. It's not like she has to fight a Roman legion as well as the Lancastrians. Okay. No. So... It's Joan of Arc. She's like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And she's about to lead troops into battle.
0: I mean, we, we, we can even back this scenario up a little bit. Okay. Uh, and and maybe you can figure out some precursors to, to what's going on. Because there's, there's a very important part of the inciting incident here
1: that may give you further information
0: about what happens later.
1: Is anything supernatural happening? Uh, certainly, yes. Is it something that is, like, uh, so so God and all of God's attendant angels speaking directly to Joan? It's something like that. It's something like that? It's, it's something very similar to that. Is it that? No. Is it not God? Yes, it is not God. All right, so Joan of Arc is contacted by some sort of great and terrible intelligence. Yes. From the future? Nah. From the present? Uh, no... From Beyond Time. Uh, Arguably Beyond
0: Time. Beyond Time sounds good. Okay. Uh, The Devil? Nope. And not God and not aliens? Um, hmm. Aliens. Is it aliens? One could take that interpretation. I don't know if that's a
1: strictly canonical interpretation. So this is the tale of Joan of Arc as told by another religion. Uh, I mean, kind of. But this is like it, Joan of Arc if she were, like, a Scientologist.
0: Hmm, that's an
1: that's an interesting interpretation. The Thetans spoke
0: through Joan of Arc. Yeah, you kind of have the right idea. I mm. would I would describe it as less Joan of Arc told, uh, from the perspective of a different religion, and more like contrafactual Joan of Arc, like
1: alternate history Joan of Arc. Okay, a different god talks to her than the judeo-christian god yes totes gotcha uh is this from a major world religion no is this from a fictional religion yes from like fantasy yeah okay yeah uh (laughs) is it a good god no oh no dave Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes, David. So it's not really the maid of Orléans versus the English. It's really the snarling, slavering, blind, mad maid of Orléans and her thousand screaming young. Well,
0: I mean, I, she probably gets to that point eventually.
1: This scenario is, what if Joan of Arc, instead of talking to God, received her messages from Nyarlathotep and uh, Shub-Niggurath and uh, Cthulhu from the Lovecraft mythos?
0: That is precisely what I am saying.
1: (laughs) What? And David... What what if that? Oh, I suppose instead of a horse, she would ride a Shawgoth.
0: Yeah, that's why I was saying she was probably... That's why I was saying for purposes of hilarity, probably not a stride a white horse.
1: Like, for for the purposes of, of our story, she's not riding a horse, she's riding a goopy, million-eyed creature basically made of, of tar. Yeah, that, that seems right. By the time she is somehow captured by the English her body would be impervious to flames. Uh,
0: yeah, I it, I don't think she gets captured in this scenario. No. And if she does, again, uh, if she does, I think you're right. I, impervious to flames. And probably also swords. And probably also, oh, I don't know, atomic bombs, if they happen like to the, have one handy.
1: I like the idea that in this alternate universe, there is that, like, that England is not an island. (laughs) That it's just, like, uh, you go from Calais to the Chalk Hills of Dover. Okay. And it's only because of, like, the concerted effort of the wizard, the priest wizards of England that they managed to just sever Britain from the continent in order to protect themselves from from Joan by, like, you know, 70 miles of rushing ocean. Yes, but that is no defense for them
0: no for for a very for a very specific reason
1: um oh because um Joan commands the children of Dagon that start at Normandy and then come up in uh i don't know Bristol yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it okay so so the thing you were thinking of yes is saint joan of arc Who, instead of taking her orders from God Almighty, instead takes it from the Elder Gods of the Cthulhu mythos. Yes. And is presently. And instead of raising an army of Frenchmen. She instead raises an army of the damned and gibbering mad fishmen yes. and unspeakable horrors from the bottom of the sea that slowly rise up out of the surf and spread across England like a terrible black malaise.
0: Yeah, and you know what? England is just first. <laughs> That's why I was saying she's not exclusively fighting the English. Sure. Sure. You know, once that's done, uh, the French, she doesn't care anymore.
1: The rest of Europe. Sure. The rest of the world. What is French? Ideally. When you have all of that inside of your mind. Yes.
0: Exactly. It is, it is, it is but a concept. Sure. And what is a concept in the face of the immutable, soul and mind-rending reality that is... The Elder Gods. Very nice. You got it, my friend. Thank you. Let us slither our way over to the Scoratorium and see how you did. Okay. So uh, this week, the Scoratorium is a summoning circle. So uh, what I'm going to need you to do is you see that kind of monkey fish man looking statue in the, yeah, you the want center to, of the
1: circle. So You want me to bleed on him?
0: Yeah, so go over okay. there and just like uh, cut your palm, bleed yeah. a little bit on that. Alright. And uh, we'll, we'll wait for the, the dark ritual to commence.
1: One drop and no more. Okay.
0: Okay, and here comes the unending
1: horror.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> Look at that, it ended. Oh... And we only had a brief glimpse into the unending horror. You know, they don't make unending horror the way they used to. They really don't. Mm-mm. It is a it is a goddamn shame. This knockoff unending horror, uh, it's, it's no good. We really got to bring the horror manufacturing back to the United States of America, where we've been doing it by hand for generations. How'd I do? All right. Here comes your score. Uh, shooting out from... A bowl of writhing tentacles that has appeared uh, in the center of the circle. And, oh, this is a good one. Uh, you actually got that one in six questions. Yeah, yeah, David Fatahan. That's a pretty good score. Oh, Thanks, and uh, now that hmm. you have said those words, uh, we only have about 30 minutes to live. You oh. you have invoked the old ones. So oh,
1: shit. I guess we better hit the credits then.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, yeah. It was nice that we did manage to save the universe by uh, by having you get the twenty questions Tuesday scenario in under twenty questions. Sure. Unfortunately, uh, the universe is only saved for uh, again. We're you know time is ticking. So we're at about twenty eight minutes now.
1: Well, you know. You know what's nice? I just saw on Facebook that you and I recently celebrated our nine-year friendship anniversary. So
0: we did, and you know, good to I, go out on a high note. You know, yeah, it's it's been a good nine years. Uh, we've we've been killed by the elder gods in those nine years, not even once yet. Not even once. I'd say that's a good run. Um, and you know, when my insides are on my outsides in a few minutes. Uh, and yours are as well. At least we'll have had that friendship. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you play 20, 20 Questions, Tuesday. Questions Tuesday. If you like the show, you can leave a review for us on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store. You can give us a star rating or leave a written review.
1: And thank you by name on a future episode. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20 Tuesday. And follow us on Twitter at 20Questions2s. And you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme
0: song, as always, is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0
1: license. The music you heard under the show this week was by Hugo Droopy-Contini, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. If you'd like us to use your music, message us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for The Rod Couple, the show where Rod Stewart and Rod Serling
0: have to learn to live together. I'm David Brunel Brutman, and I'm David Reinström. Good night. Forever.